But as every child knows, there was a time and a place for honest answers. Quite often, that's a different time and a different place. Absolutely, I said. I would very much like to see you. You would? I was hoping you might be able to come over for a visit. I switched the phone from my right to my left ear and then back again. My voice sounded like someone else's, high-pitched and anxious as I said, A visit? To you? Well, of course to me. Annoyance made his voice younger, and I thought it was quite comical how after a quarter of a century we'd managed to pick up where we'd left off, as irritated and irritant. And don't worry about the tickets. I'll arrange all that. I'll get tickets. I'm inviting you. Really, I'd prefer to get them myself. He sighed. You always were stubborn. I thought that as reconciliations went, this one was definitely not up there with the greats. A second bus passed, its massive wheels squelching. My bus is here. May I call you back? But I didn't board this time either. I needed to stay out in the open. My entire body was itching as if ants were using my veins as motorways. My chest was aching from all the swallowed words. And, most likely, once this conversation was over, I would have to shout and scream and swear, which, were I on a bus, might cause alarm. So instead I sat down on the museum steps, not caring about the cold and wet, while all around me the city I thought of as my friend carried on as if nothing had happened. My phone rang a second time. It's me, Ian. Are you on your bus? Didn't make it. I realise that of course you won't have my number and it won't have come up on your phone as it's a trunk call. Sorry, I didn't think about that. So you'll come? There was a pause and then I asked the obvious question. Uncle Ian, what made you decide to get in touch now after all this time? It was his turn to hesitate before saying in a preemptive voice as if he expected to be challenged. It was Rose. My heart leapt like a fish in my chest. Rose? That's what I said. I scrunched up my eyes and the headlights of the passing traffic elongated and merged into a stream of golden light. I pushed a strand of damp hair from my face. How do you mean, Rose? I saw her. He'd gone mad. Or senile. Please let it be senile. Senile wouldn't be my fault, but grief could make you crazy. You've seen Rose? That's what I said. I could hear he was trying to stop himself from snapping. She's angry. Rose was angry. Of course she was. I put the mobile down on the step, having decided against throwing it into the road. I pushed my head between my knees, taking deep breaths, one after the other. Eliza? Eliza, are you there? I realised that I'd been rocking back and forth like some crazy woman. I straightened up and picked up the phone. I'm here. As I said, she's angry with me. With you? There is no need to repeat every word I say. It's all perfectly straightforward. Rose came to see me, and she is angry with me for neglecting you all these years. She told me to get on and sort it out.
That last bit dispelled any doubts I might have had as to the state of mind of my godfather. He had gone mad. Rose would never tell him or anyone else to get on and sort it out. Getting on was not what Rose did. Rose rested, and she hesitated. She shook her head and hid her face. She wandered and floated, but she did not get on with it. Nor did she sort things out. Instead, she smiled sweetly at a problem. Sometimes she laughed at it. She walked round it and over it and under it. She did not sort it out. That's what the rest of the world had been for. Uncle Ian, Rose can't be angry. I paused. It was hard to go on. She can't be anything. I'm telling you that I saw her. You can believe me or not. This was a man who had worn two watches, each for a different time zone. A man who, when he closed a factory, closed a town...